Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiphol. And that is Steve Jones. And today on the podcast, we don't have any interview Jens, but we're going to bring a lot of music and kind of make up for the last episode where we didn't have any music, but we had a lot of interview. Yeah, so we're kind of like reversing it this time around. And um, it was the, you know, perfect weekend, this past weekend, to grab a lot of content from a well-notable Music festival. Music, thank you, music yes. festival. Already, you're here at a loss of words. It's great. I'm, like, I'm such at a loss of words, I don't even know what a music festival is called. Yes. And, uh, mm. you know, there was a time where Concert Pipeline was invited by Bottle Rock to cover the festival. Those were the days, Steve. Those were the this, days. This is pre-Yen's time. Yeah, <laughs> that was pre-me. Yeah, but, uh, but it did happen in the past. Um, now we get the rejection emails, uh, and so we're not invited, but uh, if... I, I am welcome to purchase my tickets to the festival. Mm. They allow me to do that. Oh, that's nice. nice. Yeah, so, I'm sure. <laughs> so I bought a ticket to the Friday uh, uh, day of concert of uh, Bottle Rock because it's a three-day festival in Napa. And it's th- three miles from my house, so I, I literally bike there. Mm. Right? And, you don't have to worry about parking or anything. Uh, you can just go. Uh, and, I, and I biked actually. Uh, I was going to bike and park at the parking the bike corral uh, at Bottle Rock, but they moved it uh, a couple of blocks away. And at that point, I mean, it was probably the same distance as my girlfriend's house, so I just parked it uh, at her house. I, I biked my I parked my bike at her house and then just uh, um, walked over to to Bottle Rock mm. uh, for the festival. But I'll tell you, Jens, three day festival. I don't have that in me anymore. Anyway, so going all three days, even if I am invited, is yeah, is a lot. Getting older sucks, huh? Yeah. So yeah, the, like the energy level just isn't quite there, and then you know your body just isn't quite as comfortable standing or moshing all day long like it used to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, even getting on a bike and going around is kind of an effort. <laughs> yeah, and and pushing through cr- to crowds of tens of thousands of people. Yeah. Are I mean, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. Right? And. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, I got one day in me. I'll choose the best day to go. And, and even at some point in that, I might get a little grumpy, like, oh, gosh, there's so many people here. But mm-hmm. then I'll make up for it by the, the bands that I want to see. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and they're awesome performances. So Cool. So I am going to be embarrassed to say again, I've never been to Bottle Rock. I have purchased tickets, but didn't go. But you were telling me a little bit about kind of what the experience is like. Um, there are so many... On each day, that there, there, there are so many, uh, you know, uh, artists that are playing. They have to play on multiple stages oh, at yeah. the same time. So, um, so when you're, you know, enjoying one particular artist, you've got background noise, not just of fans, but of other artists playing. Yes and like no. How distracting. It, it is depends that? on where you go. I mean, the stages, it's they're pretty spaced out, right? So mm-hmm. if you're like right there in the middle, where there's um, a section between two stages where there's a bunch of tables and everything and kind of a little food court area, you know, you, you might catch some of both, uh, both stages, but, uh, but there's also, they also try and plan it out, um, accordingly as well. So there's, uh, there's four main stages, four sizable stages, let's say. And then like, there's this, uh, jam sellers, uh, like a uh, jam pad area mm-hmm. where they do like little acoustic performances after the main stage band has gone off. And it, so that's like a hundred yards from the main stage. And mm-hmm. so, so the main stage isn't going while that's happening. And then an artist will come play an intimate set at the jam seller stage when, you know, the uh, uh, main stage is not 
not active, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna we're gonna feature a performance from that uh, jam Teller stage also, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, but uh, but generally, you don't have to run into that problem because of the real estate area. Like, mm-hmm. There's a lot of space around. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. So tell us how you survived. I made it through it. Uh, and uh, Flog and Molly was a good contributor to me making it th- making through it because love me some Flog and Molly, right? Yeah, you cannot love me some Flogging Molly. But this was the first show that you went to. Uh, I mean, first Flogging Molly show I think that you went to where there weren't necessarily Flogging Molly fans. Like not all the fans there were for Flog Flogging Molly, obviously. Yeah, I saw so a couple with Flogging Molly T-shirts, but like. um, but yeah, uh, and I was concerned about that also because I mean it was cool. I mean you were able to just pretty much walk up to the front of the stage mm. and be at the front of the crowd for Flogging Molly. That's great, because normally you have to stand there for two hours or something yeah. before and, they get on stage. And Dandy Warhols played before Flogging Molly, and, uh, and so then all the Dandy Warhols fans left and went to see Imagine Dragons on a different mm. stage, which you know they were playing at the same time. Did you see Imagine Dragons did not at all? See, did you hear them at all? Did not hear them. I was listening to Flogging Molly. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so didn't have no stories on Imagine Dragons to tell them. I was podcast. just wondering if they were any good live. I'm sure they they were. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they were great. Everybody loved them. But also, the, you know, when you have the the main headliner stage, that stage is going to get crowded, mm. like, like nobody's business. Mm. So I'd say probably seventy plus percent of people are over watching Imagine Dragons. You know, well. Mm. It's good to see Flog and Molly because you're going to get a smaller crowd and more intimate performance. So. Right, that's true. And there's a lot to be said by that. Uh, because normally when you go to a concert venue, uh, you know, you're kind of a penguin you know, out there. And you don't really have that intimate experience at all. True. So, uh, so the, you know, I chose one day. happened to be Friday where I wanted to go to Bottle Rock. And I was going to be there from opening until, um, until the end because... Um, a couple of buddies bands were uh, were playing uh, and they they were opening the show. I think Bottle Rock tends to do this thing where they have local bands open the festival on a Friday uh, kind of to give a nod to local Napa or area, you know, or the North Bay, you know, bands. Um, well, and give them an opportunity to play the, the festival, which is really cool. Um, yeah, so... Um, so the uh, first band to uh, to play at Bottle Rock was uh, Forgotten Dreamers, and um, and that consists of uh, Surf and James, formerly called Surf and James, and uh, and two other uh, members of their band, um, and and I'm friends with those guys, and they've been on the podcast uh, uh, a couple of times. I've interviewed them and stuff, and uh, and they're cool. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna make sure I'm there in time to support a buddy's mm-hmm. band, uh, and. Uh, uh, and check them out. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's wow. You know, to have a buddy's band at the major concert venue. Mm-hmm. They must have been stoked about that. Yeah, yeah. And they played. They played last year at Surf and James as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Uh, at, at Bottle Rock. So they they know. I think the probably the promoters and everything and uh, and have an in to be able to to play. The They're well networked there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a good opportunity for them to. Mm-hmm. To play and also to get to get into that day of the festival for free. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, get see some get other their good name performers. associated with so many other, you know, great names and hopefully gain more fans and yeah. 
And their name is on all the swag too, right? That's sold with all uh-huh. with all of the band's names on it. Uh-huh. You know, down at the bottom, right? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Size two font, like uh-huh. yeah, there we are. We're there. Hey, we're there though, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. They're on so many Doesn't pieces of swag. There. So, I mean, that's that's got to be pretty cool, right? That's got to be way cool. I would, I would. You know, if, if, if that happened to me, mm-hmm. right, I was in a band and I made it onto the list that included people like freaking Santana. And Neil Young. And Neil Young and, 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 and Tom Petty and all the other people, you know, throughout he, the years. He didn't play this year. Okay. He didn't play this year. No. Well, in spirit, maybe. But yeah. um, I wouldn't wear that, man. I'd frame it or something. I yeah. would want it in 50 years. I would want it in the same exact condition as when I got it. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I realize material deteriorates over time, but like I would treat it like a fine painting, you know, yeah. put it behind UV protected glass and they probably have posters you could frame too. So there you go. You can do that and <laughs> wear the shirt, we'll frame the poster maybe, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. That works. But then you're going to miss the shirt. Oh, that's too bad. You know, you're going to miss the shirt. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't matter. Good opportunity anyway. So <laughs> so Forgotten Dreamers was up first. Uh, it was cool. I got in uh, pretty quickly because the, uh, one of the, I, I guess you could say it was a cool thing that B- Bottle Rock focused on this year was expediency with getting people in. Last year, they got a lot of negative feedback about how long it took people to get into the festival and, and their process there. Mm-hmm. So they were able to, you know, they changed some of their policies this year, um, made you know, made it so you couldn't bring any backpacks in, only small bags with two zippers or less, 14 inches high or less. And, uh, oh God, this is like going to a football game. Yeah. Yeah. So you could only bring, you know, you could bring like a camel back, but it could only have like two pockets and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, so you, and the, and there was a no bags line also, which if you didn't bring any bags, you can just zoom on through pretty much, which is what I did. I was like, you know what, uh, girlfriend Tracy's going to bring a bag with, uh, couple things and um she brought a uh a, you know a, an old sunscreen bottle that she had emptied out and put in uh uh whiskey into mm. it worked the first day for her not for the other days <laughs> uh she got the second day she got it, her bottle taken away she got busted yeah, yeah. so it was in sunscreen it, it was, was in fake sunscreen it, it well so when i did it like last year or the year before or whatever uh-huh. like i use a fake sunscreen bottle she used an actual sunscreen bottle and so as we're drinking and she said she washed it out like three times uh-huh. but as we're drinking you know She's getting like sunscreen on her oh, lips totally. and everything because there's still sunscreen like on the lid. And That's like everything. oily and yeah. stuff. You can't get that out of anything. I mean, it was good to have the whiskey, but it, it, she didn't do a perfect job. So the it. inside of her was also protected from the sun. It was. Oh, okay. She was she was clean for burning inside and out. Right. So. <laughs> wait a minute. So wait a minute. So somebody got busted. Who got busted? You got busted. Tracy she got busted. Did. No, the day two. Day two with the real or the fake sunscreen thing? Well, uh, I think she had another real one. She had another real I one. I think she did. But you're thinking that they had her open it up they, and they, look. Well, they shook it, I guess. Oh. And was able to tell it wasn't sunscreen. Uh, she didn't so. say like, oh, God, it's so hot, it melted, man. <laughs> and then she like poured she, it all over herself. I think she gave up, uh, <laughs> you know, gave up the fight. But, you know. Dang, so she didn't get kicked out or? No, no, no. They, just, they just took it. They're not kicking you out. She has a ticket. You know, she, she, yeah. It's not a, a, a kick-outable offense, I don't think, to, to try to do that shit. But they're like, no, nah, not happening. Uh. But uh, we were at a party last night, her friend's party. <laughs> and, uh, and he told us that he pretty much just walked in. Uh, to Bottle Rock for free on, on Sunday because he 
he tipped, he just gave like the security guy 20 bucks <laughs> to let him in. Are you serious? Yeah. That's all it takes. Yeah. Did he know the security guy or no. just like any no. like random? He's, he's had the security guy walk over to the ATM inside the door and then gave him 20 bucks and uh, <laughs> to let to just let him in. Bribery still works, apparently. I know. I know. So it's pretty awesome. That is cool. Yeah. All right. So if you want to save some money on Bile Bottle Rock. Find that security guy. Bribe that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Not, we're not advocating it, but we're also not telling you not to do it because Bottle Rock it isn't, you know, tied to this podcast in any sense. So exactly. Right, right. Let, let them do their thing. Used to be, but not anymore. No. And I'm sure they're not hurting anyway. So I think <laughs> they're doing all right. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to start with the song. And like I said, we're going to play some songs throughout the podcast. We're going to go through, you know, throughout my day on Friday and, uh, and hear some of the music that I heard here at Bottle Rock. And we're going to start with my buddy's band, Surf. Uh, and uh, this is Forgotten Dreamers, a song called Through. Hey, guys. Nice to see you all. Yeah. Familiar faces. Thanks for coming early. Yeah. Breakfast in Bottle Rock. Or no breakfast. Bottle Rock is your breakfast. Breakfast. Music is good for the soul. Thank you. 
That was Forgotten Dreamers here on Concert Pipeline. And Yen, so the, the next artist that I uh, went to see, they uh, started actually like 15 minutes after Forgotten, Forgotten Dreamers started. So I was like, okay, I'm going to split the sets. But I ended up staying at Forgotten Dreamers for their whole set because they, it was so much fun. And, you know, I'm closer with them than I am, was with the next artist that I wanted to catch who I went to high school with. Um, and uh, she's from Napa, but has been doing, you know, really great things and has some big shows planned, including playing... Uh, like the Cha- the new Chase Stadium. I th- wow. Yeah, opening for Modest Mouse. And uh, uh, she's got a couple of big shows like that. Is that the one in San Francisco, the new it's one? The new one in San new Francisco. basketball? Yeah, place? so yeah. she was on the list of artists that's going to be like the f- one of the first artists that's, uh, to play that stadium, which is, or I guess it's an arena. It's not actually a stadium, but it's, it holds like 18,000 people. Yeah, like, that's big. What a great opportunity for yeah. her, you know? And I can't help but be proud of Shannon Shaw. Uh, Way to go, Shannon. She's still going to be able to breathe in that nice, fresh stadium smell. She you know, like new car smell? It, it, it'll, it'll be like, <laughs> yeah, mm, do you smell that new stadium smell? It's like new, you know, the new seats and you know, whatever the stuff is made out of, like new fresh plastic smell. Uh, it smells like fresh plastic in here, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say nice leather seats, but no. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that. much. No, but she's got uh, uh, Shannon and the Clams is her band, and uh, and I interviewed him a couple of years ago, so it was great to catch up with her again. But yeah, I went to high school with her. I was like in drama and stuff with her, and she she was like reminiscing, you know, on stage about uh, being from Napa, and she never thought she'd play in Napa. Really, mm-hmm. uh, she plays a bunch of local shows like around the Bay Area, but has I don't know that she's played Napa, uh, and so getting to play Bottle Rock was you know, I think special for her. That must have been really fun. She was doing call outs to like any Silverado, I don't even know their mascot, but any Silverado, high, you know, middle school, ma- you know, uh, people here, any, any vintage crushers. And I'm like, well, you uh, know, I, I called out, you know, because we went to vintage together. And she's like, anybody work at the Cynodome? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I worked at the movie theater before it got plowed to the ground. And I was trying to remember if I, I mean, I had to have worked there with her at the same time. But I don't, I don't remember it offhand, working with her. I remember we were talking about Shannon and the Clams before. And mm-hmm. the reason I remember that is because the band is called Shannon and the Clams. Yes. And um, I had, think I had asked you, or I made the assumption that the Clams are all women. Uh-huh, you did. They're it's not. It's like the Shannon. The sexist thing you did. Well, right I know there. this big sexist thing. Shannon is female, but the Clams she are all is. guys. They are, yes. But she's, I mean, I she was, was lucky. Surprising. Yeah, she was lucky to be able to do two sets at Bottle Rock. She had one on Friday and, and as her solo self, you know, so as a solo artist. And then Saturday was Shannon and the Clams. So one of the few artists that got to play two days. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And she was on the culinary stage also uh, doing some culinary shit, like, you know, cooking. Like cooking? Yeah. I didn't Whoa. see her cook anything, but I saw her eat some of the food. Mm. I don't know. We got there a little bit later. I don't mm. know if she had cooked it, but with a, a chef, you know. Uh, they have some pretty unique things on the culinary stage, and we'll talk about that in the music news a little bit later. So, um, sweet, yeah. Well, way to go, Shannon. What a privilege, and welcome, you know, back playing in your hometown for the first time. Yeah, and uh, so uh, so we're gonna play a song from Shannon Shaw, and this is a song called "Love I Can't Explain." I'm from here too. Any Mount George Mustangs in the crowd? I see Brian Worley down there. Yeah, Silverado Dons. Ooh, me too. Me too. Uh, vintage crushers. Yeah. Good. School pride, nice. What? That's the biggest contingent. <laughs> it's good. 
I see my dad, and I lost him, but he's out there. My mom, my sister, my niece, my nephew. It's good. And you guys? Anyway, my name's Shannon. I'm actually from Napa. It's really cool that they let me play this thing. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Shannon Shaw here on Concert Pipeline, and we're going to move right into the next artist. So I mentioned earlier in the podcast about 
the jam pad, which is this little stage, uh, you know, where bands play really small sets, just a couple of songs. Uh, and uh, and they, it's put on by Alice at 97.3 and their DJ Jane. Uh, and, uh, and apparently she sits down with them for a quick, like, two and a half minute interview. Um, and uh, she, asked them, she asked the next band one question about how they got together because it was a great story. Uh, and, uh, and then they came out and played two songs. Two songs. Two. Yeah, only two songs. So it was a really short set. Uh, this is a band called Flora Cash, uh, and they have this. How is that even a set? I know. I thought you had to have at least six songs or something to be in a set. Is that is that the cutoff? Is six songs? Uh, is that set? feels about right. Yeah, two songs is two, a couple of songs. That's not even a warm up. I know, right? So I, I was expecting there to be a couple of more, but uh, it was a lot more intimate because they had just played on a, a stage across the you know the venue uh, to a much bigger crowd, hmm. and so. We were over there, standing right up front, uh, you know, right against the stage. So, got some good video that we'll put up on our Facebook page. At oh, you're asking me what our Facebook page is? That's what oh, I. Oh, you're giving me that look like I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Like you're putting me on the spot. I mean, you've stalled for the last ten seconds. So carry. Like on. you've got that look that says, uh-huh. "Give it to me, motherfucker." You have Give it no to me, idea. Motherfucker, you have no idea. Concert pipeline pod. It took me that long to distract you, dear, to remember. For, good for me to remember. Yeah, what you really threw me off. I had no idea you were fishing <laughs> through that. Memory. Concert pipeline pod. Thank you. And I also want to say that any upcoming footage that Steve is going to take with his camera in the next <laughs> week uh, may look a little blurry. Not blurry, but. Foggy. Might <laughs> look a little foggy. Might look a little foggy. You, you have to tune into last week's episode to, to understand that reference. It might be audio only. It, it might be. If that. I doubt I'll be posting <laughs> video footage with my uh, phone camera as it is right now. And it's a sad story. Yeah. But hopefully it will have a you know, wonderful ending, but we don't know yet. It's to be continued. We'll, we'll circle Definitely back to on be it. continued. It's, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. So we'll play a song by Flora Cash. Just, I mean, it's just two guys. One, uh, I mean, a guy and a gal. Uh, and uh, the, the gal is from uh, Norwegia, I believe. Uh, the gal's from Norwegia? Norwegia, is that a place? Are you talking about a country? She's Nor- Norwegian, so... Norway. Norway. Yeah, she's Norwegian. <laughs> That's pretty fucking awesome. That's great. I she's, think we should call it that from now on. I don't get out much. <laughs> <laughs> Norway. The, yeah, so Norway. Uh, so yeah, sure, you're right. She's Norwegian. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know that. I got that piece. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, and the guy is from, like, Montana or something. Like, yeah, yeah. So he's not from Norwegiana no. or whatever. No, he's not. But, <laughs> but they found each other online and listened to each other's music and kind of came together. And I, I think they're, you know, in a relationship and making mm. music together. And mm-hmm. They make music together. They do. Oh, right. Under a band called Flora Cash. And this is their uh, single, You're Somebody Else. That they played at Bottle Rock.
drinking a beer in a shot glass well it's one of those taster glasses it looks like a big shot glass it's that's not true. even bar- it's barely a taster i mean that thing has got a hold like three ounces yeah i don't know how much is in here you know not more than four <laughs> size doesn't always matter man <laughs> so- good to know thank you <laughs> so this is uh, an anderson valley uh little taster that you can you know buy there if you go all the way up to boonville and um you know hang out at the brewery i don't think they had intended it for it to be used for beer did they they did intend it to be they did intend to for it to be used for beer but they didn't intend to be for it to be used the way i use it and that is that I do sort of use it as a shot glass, but I I don't do shots of beer. Okay. I just drink it slowly. After I've had like two beers, uh-huh. then I, I go. You pace yourself. It's a I pacer. Pace my, it's a pacer. Thank you. It's a pacer because the rest of the bottle is capped and in the fridge where it stays cold. That way the whole beer doesn't warm up. Yes. See, that's important. I mean, this is good to know. It really I'm, just has to do with temperature. I don't think I've ever drank a beer out of a glass that's. Oh, you should try it. It's fun. Okay. I'll take my full-size pint glass, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fine, have your warm beer. <laughs> uh-huh, I will, I will, I don't mind it. Okay, uh, floor cash, uh, just, that was floor cash on Cutter Pipeline. We're going to move to the next set that, uh, uh, that I saw, and, the, and we're getting here to the point a little later in the, the day on Friday where I'm, I'm excited about the next bands to come because they're a couple of my favorite bands. I really, like, I really enjoy them. So is it like, what, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock now? How, yeah, probably about that. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you got a couple bands in. Um, your patience level is like... Moderate because people are starting to show up, and I mean, and it's just, it's crowded. I mean, it's not packed. Like, I've, I've definitely been in worse crowds at Bottle Rock. Like, I think probably the worst I was in was Tom Petty's performance, mm. you know, which I regrettably left early during, you know, mm. from, because it was just... It was a lot, and I was there for all three days. Mm. Yeah, you were. I mean, that was a lot for you to. Yeah, 
and deal of three days, and he was on the third day, right? And he was evening. on day two, I think, and, and oh, Foo Fighters two. were on day three. Oh, that's right, Foo Fighters. I believe. Uh, and uh, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to be back in the morning and camp out at the stage you know, all day to be close for Foo Fighters the next day, you know? Mm. And uh, so I, I left on Petty's a little early, obviously not knowing it was going to be his last performance in the Bay Area. Mm. Um, and, uh, um, and then I wish I'd seen the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Well, that was the last time you saw him, right? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I saw him was for his full moon fever tour. Sounds a long time ago. Long time ago, but that was a great show. Yeah. That was a really, really great show. And, uh, okay. So, um, and then what happened? So, and then, uh, we went over to, uh, I forget the name of the stage, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't even remember the name of the stage. Anyway, we went over to the stage where Sylvanesso was going to play, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we we watched them, and I really enjoyed their performance. They haven't performed in like over six months, like since October. Uh, they haven't done any performances, so this is their first live performance in a while, and it's uh, in my backyard, which is really cool because I've seen them a bunch of times. Um, Joe and I interviewed him. I think it was Joe's last maybe his last interview that he did mm. was with Sylvanesso and talked to them about Star Trek endlessly <laughs> before I had even watched it, you know, really. So I was yeah. so out of that conversation, but so they're Star Trek fans or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, and Joe's this way of being able to dig in deep and have that conversation, you know, just a deep nerdy conversation with someone, you know, mm-hmm. he did the same thing with taking back Sunday, which is another one of his favorite bands. And he talked to them about MMA and I'm like, I don't even know what's going on now so you go ahead and you you have your conversation right like i have no idea what's happening but uh but that was my first time seeing sylvanesso and then i really enjoyed their performance and we've seen him a couple times since and joe was supposed to go to bottle rock but he was really sick so mm. he had like super platinum passes through work and everything yeah and uh just bowed out because Poor guy. yeah he, he didn't make it to the party mm. uh but i've got to say the party on sunday yeah i mean bottle rock was like Literally, it sounded like it was in the backyard. Yeah, when it started up, it was really close. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Tracy lives pretty close to Bottle Rock, so it's yeah. walkable distance, and you could just listen from there if you want to just hear one stage and have some music on the background. But it's cool mm. to see the performances too. Absolutely. And so uh, this was a unique uh, performance for Sylvanesso that I've seen because it was during the day, mm. and uh, and they weren't covered in fog machines. Uh, where you couldn't really see their performance anymore because it's two people, Amelia and Nick, um, who I believe also are in a relationship. And uh, they also uh, make music together. They do, mm. they do. And uh, and so I'm not used to fully seeing them while they perform. Just you know, as much as listening to their music and seeing the like you know lights go and stuff. And mm. So so it was cool. It was a it was a great performance. I had a lot of fun. Uh, Checking them out. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's and, great. And so let's play one of their songs that yeah. they played of our rock. This is a song called Coffee. Really hard in my day to day life to carry the highest. You know what? That's fucking great. 
Coffee by Sylvanesso, their bottle rock performance. And uh, Yenza takes us to one more band that uh, we're going to share a song from. And this is a mutually loved band. Holy Moly. Holy Moly. This is Holy Moly, as otherwise. Your wife, as your wife calls as it. As my wife calls it. Yeah. 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 At least uh, once a year, she says, oh, are you going to Holy Moly with Steve? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sweetie. We're going to Holy Moly. Yeah. And Holy Moly is going to be playing with Social Distortion, uh, actually. So mm, that's right. Yeah, we saw them together with uh, Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys, right? But social social distortion is another good band to pair Flogging Molly with. Yeah, and so they're they're going to be back. Um, I didn't. I don't remember the date of that, uh, but uh, they're they're going to be coming back. Uh, and uh, and we need to talk about whether we're going to go because you haven't seen them in a year. Uh, September twenty fourth is the the date. Uh, and 
That is a um, that is a Tuesday, which you're not working, but. My kid days are going to be switching. Oh, uh, no. Uh, they're going to be flip-flopping. I mean, I, yeah, I can always make an exception or Tickets whatever, on sale yet? Yeah, I think so. so. Okay, we've got, to figure that, we've got to figure that out soon. Yeah, yeah. Make sure it doesn't sell out or whatever. But, right. Um, I think they're, coming, they're going back to Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, Is that the Tuesday show in Sac? Yeah, okay. Yep. All right, we'll get it done. Okay. One way or another, I'll bring pants again that I can carry around yeah, all you, evening and not wear. You like to bring extra pants to flogging Molly, so yeah, I like to carry my pants and not wear them. No, you don't. You don't want to wear them. You why need would that you wear way. them? I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, you should probably leave those. You're like, no, no, I, I might need them. I might need them. I might need my pants. Better yeah. hang on to them. How'd that work out? It worked out well. I think I, I dropped them a few times, but then I, you know, I I was able to gather my pants and carry them again and. I really find it quite amazing that I made it through an entire concert, A, not wearing my pants, and B, not losing them. I mean, you say not wearing your pants, it sounds like you were wearing not much on, on the lower half. I'll but... leave it up to the imagination. Okay. Okay. I did get a Flogging Molly shirt. You did. I'm uh, very happy. Uh, but we had to stand in a freaking long line, and the lady in front of us, what the hell was her problem? Remember that? Oh, she was... She I, would not leave. No, she took forever. It was, it was oh my challenging. God, insane. Yeah. Anyway, so I have yet to wear that Flogging Molly you shirt at a Flogging Molly concert. Still, oh, at a Flogging Molly yeah. concert. You've, you've worn the shirt. Though. I have worn the shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to make up for that. Uh, and wear it at a Flogging Molly show. Speaking of Flogging Molly... And we were. Uh, they played at Bottle Rock. Do you remember them doing anything out of the ordinary on stage? At this most recent show? Yeah. At Bottle Rock? Yeah. I mean, what, am I, what are we calling out here? I don't know. Where... We're calling out, um, uh, I don't know, anybody stage dive or uh, do they play a song that they normally don't play? Nah, or no. Nothing like that? No. This Pretty was, much true to form? This was really just a solid Flogging Molly performance, uh, you know, that they, you know, up to their normal Flogging Molly standard. And mm. so it showed me... As a Flog Molly fan who's seen them, you know, over a dozen times, I'm sure, easy. Um, you know, that even at a show that isn't a Flog and Molly show, they're going to bring it. They're, they're going to bring their A game. They're going to put on a hell of a performance and, uh, and rock out. And that's one of the things I love about that band, because they do. They do exactly that. No matter what the venue is, no matter how big or how small... They give it 100%. Yeah, and they've played small venues. I've seen them play small venues like Slims. Slims I've seen them play big yep. venues like ATT Park, yep. which is incredible for you know bands to have that versatility, like to be able to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, so this was a this was a different performance, but it was I mean up to their standards, and you just rock out. And I love their their set, and I got to see it with with Tracy, and she. She claims she's seen them a lot of times, but really what that means is two. Two times she's is a seen, lot. She'd seen them twice, you know, because <laughs> she was debating over whether to go into Flogging Molly or Imagine Dragons. Right. And, uh, and I had to reemphasize to her that a lot of times is not a lot. It's actually two. Uh, <laughs> she says two, maybe three, but I don't, right. it, it's probably not three. So, uh, so That's funny. She's seen them a couple of times, and, uh, and she really enjoyed their performance, as did I. Uh, and so we're going to bring uh, one of my favorite songs of theirs uh, to the podcast here. And this is Black Friday Roll. Great choice. <laughs>
That was Flogging Molly here on Concert Pipeline. And uh, you have some final thoughts on Flogging Molly. Yeah, let me just talk real quick. I, you know, one of the big things that really excites me when I see Flogging Molly, and this is, you know, kind of silly, but Bridget, she plays the violin. or Yes, yeah, so she plays the violin, violin right? and, and, and tin, viola. tin whistle. Uh, yeah, violin. So um, she, I mean, just rocks that instrument, and it's... The first time I ever saw Floggy Molly, I thought she was like the coolest thing ever because she she would break her strings. She would be yeah. she would be playing so passionately, her strings would break. And throughout the entire 
you know, set, you could see more and more and more strings breaking off of her bow. And until she's like, I got no strings to hold me mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I don't know that song. That's Pinocchio, motherfucker. Oh, what are you talking about? Yeah, fuck. Okay, so anyway, so, uh, you know, so the first time I saw Floggy Molly, I thought that was a fluke, you know? She just had cheap strings or whatever. Right. But then we would, we would continue to get together and watch Floggy Molly year after year, and it was the same thing over and over and over again. So I was going to ask you, is it true to form that she... Broke a bunch of strings this time. I did not see any strings broken in this uh, performance. You have you didn't see or you didn't? We weren't paying attention. I mean, I I would put money on that there are no strings broken. So see that that would really depress me. I'm sorry. You would. I'm sad now. You yeah. Okay. All the strings are broken. Yes. See that's fantastic. Because then then I can I have a visual of her passionately playing the violin and their loose strings flying everywhere yeah and then she went over to nathan maxwell and uh, and took his guitar and smashed it yeah there you go yes yeah, that would be strange that she just got really unlike excited. her <laughs> no but but dave king's mic stand did come apart like when uh when he was like getting out the the drum to beat the, the you know like the uh-huh. hand hand drum or whatever mm-hmm. and he was like adjusting the mic stand and and it came off and uh you know and the, the uh, the tech needed to come out and try and fix it and wasn't able to, so they had to replace the mic stand. Was the tech Dave Grohl? I don't think he was doing his own tech work. No. It wasn't? Okay, it wasn't Dave I thought I'd ask. Because no. I know that he's done some tech work before. He has. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just wanted to mention his name at least once on this podcast. Let's continue. Continue on. Thank you for... Your, I think you're a little sad about him missing from the next segment. So, what I'm is it? I'm a little bit about... Um, okay, uh, uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting over the loss of no broken guitar strings and the uh-huh. loss of no Dave Grohl story, but we will have our music news segment now. Okay, sounds good. We each have a couple of stories, um, and uh, so I'll let you start out, Jens. Why don't you do the first story? Okay. Let me see. All righty. So I look into the news, the news of the world of music news today. We have, oh my gosh, we got another Guinness World Record set here at Bottle Rock Mm, in Napa. Yeah, and if you'll remember, I think last year it was Snoop Dogg who uh, made the largest gin and juice. Uh, on a the col- gin and juice? On the culinary stage, yeah. Cause they give out Guinness World Record certificates or whatever for uh, that? Yeah, they bring in Guinness professionals, like people from, Guin- uh, from Guinness World Records, and, uh, and have them judge whether this world record is happening or not. How and do they know if it's supposed to be a world record or not? Like, like how ridiculous does it have to be for it to be no longer considered a world record? I think you just have to say, I'm <laughs> going to try and break this record. Can Guinness people get out here and, and measure it? And they'll jump, you know, and, uh, and do it. <laughs> and do it. What if it's something that's never even been done before and you do it so badly, you still win? I think that's happened. I mean, there are such <laughs> random world records, like the largest gin and juice. Yeah, what is yeah. that? It's probably as, as big as my little taster because no one's ever done it before. Uh, I know. It could be, I mean, it's probably bigger than a normal glass, but, <laughs> but that thing was big on stage. What you got, Jens? Well, let me find out. Let's talk about this. Okay, so an official, you are correct, Steve, an official from the Guinness Book of World Records was on hand on day one, Friday, the day you were there, uh, to see if, indeed, a new record would be set at Bottle Rock, Napa Valley. The one trying to do, or sorry, the one trying to set the record 
was Masharu. Oh, God. Okay. Masharu. Uh-huh. Is that yeah. right? <laughs> Carry on. Morimoto. <laughs> okay. Uh, that should be easy. It sounds Japanese, and those names are you, usually very easy to You haven't pronounce. heard of Morimoto. Morimoto. He's yes. got a restaurant. He, he, yeah, he's the Iron Chef guy. Sure. Okay. <laughs> the celebrated Iron Chef, who was a popular, uh, who has a popular restaurant in Napa called descriptively, descriptively enough, Morimoto. Yeah, Morimoto Napa. Good. All right. So standing between him and the record was a two hundred pound tuna. That is a lot of tuna. That's a lot of tuna, and this is coming from an expert, Mr. Steve Jones, who knows all about fishing oh, right. and crabbing. <laughs> And knows exactly how big 200 pounds oh, is. I don't know. I do not. I can't even imagine. I mean, that's bigger than a Steve. So That's bigger than uh, a Steve. But yep. uh, but I'm going out like... Tastier this, than this, a Steve, I'm sure. I'm going out for fish this next weekend, dude. And uh, out uh, up the coast out near Fort Bragg. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I'm going out for lingcod. And those are big fish. I had to get a big old massive net. For uh, for this also like I mean these are going to be in some big hooks and big old are we talking two hundred pounds no but <laughs> but bigger than I've caught so that's pretty that's impressive I mean that's wow okay yeah. that sounds backbreaking yes all right so in order to set the record the famed sus- sushi chef needed sushi to- chef. Is it is it sous chef? No, it's, it's a sushi. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but this okay. does say oh sushi. sushi. Okay, go chef. ahead. Yeah, needed to cut that massive fish into 100 pieces, each weighing 3.5 ounces in under 25 minutes. Wow. Let's hope these knives are sharp. Okay, so you had to do it in under 25 minutes. So you had to do that. Yeah, yeah. So was the guy up for the challenge? Yes, and in fact. There was plenty of time to spare. Wow. Okay. So how how quickly did he uh, chop this fish? Well, let's see. We have a hundred pieces. We're chopped up in just under thirteen minutes. Wow. He blasted that go. Blasted it. So twelve minutes and fifty nine seconds to be exact. So that is the new Guinness Book of the Guinness. That's the he new record. He set that bar high. He yeah. set that bar way high. Where are you going to get a two hundred pound fish? That was my first question. Shouldn't. Where do they find where does, that? That's where do they get that? I'm, I'm just like so curious. Like that's a whale. That is right. That's like, a small little whale. <laughs> at least a seal. Like that's a couple seals. That's a Maybe big, not. big old. I don't fish. know. That's yeah. uh, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of tuna. So he he met the world record. There was another attempt for a world record at Bottle Rock, also Yens, uh, mm-hmm. that was not met. Uh, on that same stage, the next day, I believe, uh-huh. uh, and uh, or two days later, actually, and it was Alice Cooper, you know. Yeah, the he, Alice Cooper, mm-hmm. yeah. He was there, and this is the most random world record that they were trying to break, uh, uh, but uh, they had sent an email out, like, the morning of Bottle Rock that this was happening, and the email had, uh, a, a uh, like, a, a GIF, an animated GIF, mm-hmm. uh, and... Uh, it's GIF, by the way. It is. It, it's GIF. It's GIF. It's GIF. It's, it looks like GIF, but it's supposed but to it's be GIF. GIF. We can we can have this argument, but you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, and uh, and so that it it had the wrong time on it, even. Uh, and so Tracy went to it, 
but uh, at the right time. And it was how many rubber chickens can be thrown in the air at the same time, breaking the world record for that. And so she went to the stage, and she had to get a specific wristband, and they handed her a rubber chicken. And I think the goal was like 12,000 or something. But this stage, there's not even that much room for 12,000 people near the stage, I don't think. So <laughs> it's really challenging. It, uh, kind of, I don't think it was... What if... Uh, Everybody has a chicken in each hand. I mean, they didn't try that. There'd be like twice as many people. You could have, you know, I mean, you're thinking outside the box. Yeah, and you got to if your space is limited. But that wasn't done. And mm-hmm. so they all threw the chickens in their air at the same time, but then somehow, I mean, Guinness, I mean, Guinness counted based on wristbands or whatever, but uh, they did not break the world record for that. Where do you get that many chickens? So you place no like idea. an Amazon order? And they didn't get to keep the rubber chickens either. They had to turn them back in. Yeah, but probably they keep them. They send them to the next festival or where, you know, where they can try to break the record again. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have another Bottle Rock story for you, Jens, since we're on a Bottle Rock theme. And that is that a man was arrested in a Bottle Rock bathroom incident. Did that man also uh, win the Guinness Book of World Records? For Bottle Rock... Uh, uh, bathroom incidents? Yes. Maybe, actually. Most, most number of incidences. They were on hand, so they could have put their hands to use. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and and uh, measured this. But What would this guy do? The Napa police arrested a man in connection with a 911 call from a woman who said she'd been assaulted at the Bottle Rock Festival in mm. one of the portable God. restrooms. Are you serious? Yeah. And so uh, this guy, who was 42 years old, was arrested uh, on Sunday uh, at Bottle Rock. He's charged with felony uh, penetration by a foreign object, felony vandalism, burglary, and misdemeanor peeking while loitering, Napa police reported on Monday. Uh, Wait, what does, that all, what does that all mean? Okay, so the, so, the foreign object, yeah. I get that. Uh, but what was that other one? He was peeking, so that's a misdemeanor. Vandalism, so he destroyed something. So he destroyed, he made a peephole or something. Uh-huh. He destroyed, like, the toilet to make a peephole. He looked and, in. And burglary, he stole something. He stole that's, the object that he used to... Let's see. Because this, this lady called the police at 9.56 p.m. Uh-huh. The festival ends promptly at 10. So uh-huh. she called the police with four minutes to spare in the festival's timeline mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday and said she had been inappropriately touched by a, a person unknown to her as she used a restroom. The officers found a wall of the restroom that had been completely compromised, allowing the offender to reach the interior. Uh, and they contacted Bo- Bottle Rock Security and after a check found several other portable restrooms had been tampered with. How fucked up is that? Yeah. So the Napa police are working with the county sheriff's office and district attorney's office uh, who took over the investigation and reviewed video surveillance. All the restrooms that had been tampered with were repaired or replaced. Um, and I guess the police in Bottle Rock put a uh, safety plan in place for the final day of the festival on Sunday. Um, though it didn't give the details. And so at about 9.20 p.m. on Sunday, Bottle Rock was official, official was checking an area with restrooms and saw a man behind one of the restrooms acting suspiciously. Hmm. Uh, official confronted the man until Napa police arrived and uh, police checked the area, found a portable restroom that had been tampered with in a manner consistent with the Saturday incident. So he doubled, doubled down. Yeah. Um, this guy was arrested, interviewed at the police department and later booked in county jail. So... How fucked up. Yeah. How fucked up is that, man? I God, I feel really bad for women that have to suffer shit like that. Yeah, leave your creepy ass at home. I know. And these, how do these people think they can get away with it? 
I don't know. They think they're just going to be clever and drill holes in bathrooms, and I don't know what they're doing How through bizarre. those holes. Yeah. Weird. It's crazy. You got one more story for us, Jens? Yeah. I got a story about our friend Ozzy. Okay. Hit us. Okay. So Ozzy hopes for the final Black Sabbath show with the original lineup. Okay, now for those from not familiar at home, Black Sabbath had done their uh, final shows, as I understand it, um, and uh, they didn't have the full original lineup when they did it because because of some logistical stuff. So go ahead. All right. Yeah, I seem to remember them having their final tour, or yeah. still having it, or something. So, uh, so all right. So Ozzy has shared his regret that Bill Ward was not part of Black Sabbath's final concert. But he also revealed that he hopes the legendary band's original lineup will play one final show together, which is exactly what you had suggested. So Bill Ward was not part of that. Would you feel gypped if you're like, man, I spent like $4,000 to get tickets to Black Sabbath's final show ever, right? And and this is their final show, right? And then they announce, well, we'll do one more, you know. Uh, you know what? That's actually a really good question. I think um, it would, a lot of it would depend on whether I knew that, you know, certain band members weren't going to be part of the official final yeah. show. And right? you know, because, I mean, he hasn't been on the rest of the tour or anything, yeah. so you're, I mean... It's unlikely that he would be, you know, going in unless they're planning some surprise thing. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was fully in the know, um, like the Pink Floyd thing that I that I went to years ago. So if I knew, I, w- I went to a Pink Floyd concert knowing that Roger Waters wasn't going to be there, Ooh. and that was, I mean, it, it sucked, right? Yeah. But I, I but I bought tickets and I went to the show anyway, and um, I knew what to expect. It was awesome. Right, but then I guess if they were going to have, you know, another tour that was going to be their final tour, if that was the situation for that particular band, yeah, and they were all together, I'd be excited about it. I'd be like, okay, one, this gives me a second chance to see them. Two, it's the whole, it's the whole band. Sure, sure, that'd be cool. So for me, I don't think it would be like, oh God, I already blew my money on that. It would be more like, okay, I'm going to go see them again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, I saw Guns N' Roses play uh, without the, you know, main mm-hmm. lineup. It was Axel and just some other, you know, musicians, really. And they played two hours later than they were supposed to go on. So mm. there's a lot of waiting around. Um, but, you know, uh, they were free tickets. And I wasn't disappointed to get to see them live mm. would it have been great to see him with uh axel and buckethead and you know and mm. everything sure uh with the actual lineup that's that's going around now and we're united yeah. that would have been awesome but yeah wasn't realistic at the time yeah well let's see so yeah so what was billed as their final show um was Let's see, Sabbath played what was billed as their final show together in their hometown of Birmingham, England, in February 2007. 2007? Uh, sorry, 2017. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, Ten years, more or less, whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I knew what I, I knew what I read. I just didn't realize what I said. Yes. Uh, let's see. So people that... Uh, people... 
put that down to me, but it wasn't me. Honestly, we didn't have the fucking time to hang around. We had to get going, but I'm sorry it didn't work out with Bill. That's what Ozzy said. Yeah, that's what Ozzy said, exactly. So Ozzy said that. He's sorry it didn't you know, work out with Bill, but um, that was their farewell tour. He's hoping. All right. Well, I have a Ozzy-related story as well. Yes. Oh, yeah? Yes. Please share. Um, and this is actually a more notably a Black Sabbath-related story. Ah. Zach Wild uh, is planning to recreate uh, Black Sabbath history. Um, hmm. And uh, so Ozzy Osbourne guitar Zach Wilds, uh, Zach Sabbath, uh, have shared their special plans to mark the 50th anniversary of the birth of heavy metal by recreating the album that started it all. No shit. Yeah. So the band featuring Wild uh, and some other musicians are planning to record a cover of Black Sabbath's debut album in the same manner as the original record was made in 1969. Look at that. Woodstock. Just like Woodstock, right? <laughs> um, and so the band, the band shared their plans um, you know, on it with a post saying, Vertigo Records issued the debut album by Black Sabbath on Friday the 13th, of uh, 1970 and the world was never the same legendary uh, recorded in a single day in October 1969 the earth moving self titled set closed the book on hippie optimism with its dark magic and ushered in a brand new genre uh, settling the, the metal template for decades to come so exactly 50 years to the date later Zach Sabbath will celebrate the first chapter in the Sabbath catalog with a uh, reverently rendered tribute simply titled Vertigo. Wow. Yeah. And Man, that was also almost 50 years ago? Yeah, and so they want to record it in the same, same spirit mm. um, in a fully analog studio directed uh, to two-inch tape uh, in a single 24-hour period. A film crew will document the process, Jens. Uh, culminating in a single album and DVD release limited to just 500 copies uh, and delivered to purchasers on February 13th, 2020. Amazing, man. That's even less copies than there are of the upcoming Woodstock yeah. box set. In 1969, as we found out. Yeah, uh, 1969. Yeah. In the last episode. 1,969 episodes. Or, uh, yeah, copies. Copies. And so this uh, Vertigo will never be available commercially or digitally in any other format beyond these initial 500. Wow. Uh, which will be delivered in a single package containing a vinyl LP, CD, digital download code, and DVD. Uh, vinyl. They, awesome. Yeah. But they say CD, so I feel like it might be leaked. <laughs> I feel like there's a chance it could get out there. Yeah. Uh, CDs <laughs> are a little bit easier to copy, you know, on your computer. One of 500 people's got to leak it, right? <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, so they're really excited about this, and uh, and you can be one of the 500 to get that that package if you you hop on it really quickly. So. Yeah, if you're excited to hop on, the 500 is not going to last long. No, that's our episode, Jens. That's it. Uh, I've been meaning throughout the entire episode, Steve, to ask you what episode number are we on now because I've lost track. This was 226. 226. Yes. That is nowhere near 300. We are over a quarter of a, a, a grand here, okay? so Yeah, and, that's and, good, though. We're over a quarter, and I've got to say, we're farther along than I was anticipating. This, this is true. And you've made it farther along than any of my previous hosts, and, and Steve 
media history. <laughs> hey, man, it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun. No one, no one else has done 125 episodes, give or take. Yeah, yeah. Miss a couple while you're doing your worldly travels and stuff, but... Yeah. yeah, you know, schedules will interfere with things from time to time, but um, it's been fun as a co-host, man. I'm, you know, very thankful that you uh, asked me to come on board. And we'll try and get you in a couple more uh, interviews before the, the year is done. How right? many are we at now? How many I, have I, I done live? I mean, I don't think we're, like, four? rocketing up. Four would be generous. It might be about four. I think it's four. It's at least three. That, that would be two three shows. In three in one day. <laughs> that would be two shows. Which, uh, <laughs> okay, it's only. That's not even June yet. It's almost June. We can do one more, two more. There, we could fit a couple more in. So yeah, we'll do it. Try and do it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so for all of us here at Concert Pipeline, that's Jen Shippel. Yeah, and that is Steve Jones. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>